0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Limits, boundaries, borders. When we're children, they're set for our good. So lost. To protect us. To keep us safe. How did something that was meant for our good and our protection, limits, come to define us?
1: Am I good enough? What about good my career? I, when did I lead career? a good life?
0: When did the limits of someday when become the lid that closed so tightly on our already restricted boxes? Did I love my family enough? i am never going to be good enough. Am I good enough? When did outside voices, opinions, hurts and disappointments become the borders that limited our dreams?
1: Before I
0: was more beautiful when will I be not I knew my path but yet something inside each of us longs for more for life beyond our limits for possibilities that are waiting waiting for you to reach out to seize. So the question is, are you willing to take that step? To trust God as we embark on a journey of limitless influence, limitless opportunity, limitless potential, and limitless legacy. As we trust our limitless God, churches planted, leaders developed, communities transformed, care centers expanded, global outposts established, all while leaving a gospel legacy to the next generation. This is faith without borders, hope without boundaries, love without barriers. This is what God can do. This is limitless.
2: Self help books, 85,000 over 85,000 on Amazon. That equals about $18 million in revenue for people seeking self-help. I want to improve myself. I want to get better. I want to do this. Ladies, I want you to know that you're responsible for 62.5% of the sales of self-help. Just, just giving some facts. I don't know. That kind of fell. It's like I, I'm not saying anything by it. I'm just saying you're buying them. We need them. We're not buying them, and we all do. Millennials. Millennials. I found this interesting. You just passed the baby boomers in your desire for self-help services. That includes all kinds of things, not only counseling and coaches and, and resources and conferences, but you spend, you're spend you willing to spend up to $300 a month on self-help, improving yourself and, and doing these things. That industry is catch this, $13 billion, man. One of the most popular books on self-help. I I, I read this this week, I couldn't believe it because I've read it and it's been around since 1936. That's not when I read it. (laughs) But it's Dale Carnegie, who remembers that name? Dale Carnegie, yep, I see, the, I see some people, Amy's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Dale Carnegie, though, he, do you know the book title? How to Win Friends and Influence People. I mean, that's one of those books that I read it when I was in business, you know, just right out of college and, you know, making my way in the business world. And, man, I want to influence people. I, how, how do you do this? And. The industry's huge, self-help in general. Question is this, I said all that to simply ask one question to us in the church. How can we help ourselves and help others when it comes to hope, when it comes to healing, when it, it does, it comes to help, and it comes to happiness? Like, what are we to do? How can we work with people? How can we do what we need to do so that we would all be spiritually whole? So that that we could move forward together as a community and we could have the influence that God wants. Man, I'm so glad you asked that question. (laughs) That's what I want to talk about. Page 46 in your Limitless Guide if you don't have a limitless guide, no problem. I know we got some ushers here that could probably put it in your hands if you raise your hand high enough. But this guide, if four parts, it's helping us walk through this limitless journey. Hope you remember to bring yours. It's an awesome tool, that resource that our team put together. Can we praise God for our team? They wrote this, they put this together. It's an awesome thing. It's got the vision of where we're headed for the next 24 months. It has this, it's got the message titles, it's got the scripture passages, it's got a place for you to take notes, it has the QR code that we need for accessing other materials. For instance, it's got the things that we need for um, small group and individual study. It also has this commitment card that I dropped to the floor, and we're asking you to begin praying over this. For those joining us online, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for being with us today. And you can access this Limitless Guide at our website, or you can do it through our app. Title of the message today is Limitless Faith Heals. I want to introduce you to two of my favorite people in the entirety of the New Testament because they received healing. They received help. They received hope. They received happiness. And I'm not just saying this. I want that for every single person, whether you're here in person or online. I want all four of those things for you. I want us to grow as a church in those four areas. So let me give it to you. We don't always do this, but I'm going to give you the message in one sentence. We call it silver bullet message. One sentence Here's the message. Here's where we're going for our time together. When we seek God sincerely, believe God exclusively, trust God implicitly, follow God faithfully, we will receive help, we will receive healing, we will receive hope, we will receive happiness. That's the bullseye. That's what we're going for. That's what I believe God wants for you, your family, your community, your church. That's what God wants for our world. And this is one sentence to bottom line it. Man, this is what the target is. And so let's look at these two people. I'm going to start reading in verse 21. Mark chapter five. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him. And he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet, underline that, and implored him, underline that too, earnestly saying, look at his deep need. My daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay hands on, on her so, so that she may be well, she, and, and, and so she lives. Now, first phrase that we're talking about, when we seek God sincerely, it's modeled right here. I asked you to underline a couple things. We could go into the Greek or what it means in its original language in the context, but I don't think it's that helpful. I think it's better to show you than tell you. What did he do? He got on his knees, man. I mean, I'm talking knees to the ground, face in the dirt. That's what it means to seek God sincerely. That's what he was doing. He, he was seeking him. He's a religious leader. He's the guy that people go to. He's the guy that people are kneeling to and asking for prayer. Hey, isn't it wise to go to the person? You're asking that guy, who's he going to? That's who we want to go to. He didn't fully understand who Jesus was, but he had heard about him. He knew about him and he had nowhere else to turn is Isn't it true? Please, parents speak up. There's nothing worse than the pain of your son or daughter and you can't do anything about it. And here, it's like she's dying. Now listen, background on this, first century statistics, I mean, if you made it past childbirth as a kid, like, man, that was like, wow. No way they had the medical care we do now. And then the death rate, the mortality rate for high schoolers or junior high teenagers, excuse me, the mortality rate was 60%. So, I mean, yeah. That, that's 40% making it. I, I mean, this, is, this guy's looking at the numbers and he's seeing what's happening and, and he's got nowhere to turn. So he's seeking God. sincerely. He's, he's imploring God, the word says. Now, if you double click on that word, it again, let me give you another picture. Imagine me with a McDonald's cup in my hand. Like that guy who sticks it in your face and shakes it. That, that's what it means. It means to beg. He's begging Jesus because he's got no place else to turn because his daughter who he loves and he can't believe it and she's dying. That's the picture of seeking him sincerely. Sincerely. And then I got to tell you, man, there's, there's no better words in the New Testament than the four we're going to see next. I didn't read them. Look at the text. I think it's verse 24. He went with him. I mean, I don't know about you, but close the Bibles. So let's pray. That's it. He went with him, man. I can't do what he can do. Your friend can't do what he can do. Nobody can do what God can do. He went with him. I imagine, I don't know, I'm a picture guy. I can imagine Jesus just reaching his arm down in this crowd and and just helping this guy up. And and everybody follows him and everybody's after him. And and man, he's the religious leader that everybody's looking at. And and Jesus is, is grabbing him by the hand and pulling him, saying, Come on, man, let's go. He went with them. Sometimes I think it's the simplicity of the New Testament that we lose. Jesus wants to go with you. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the crisis, man, he's not distant, he's not far, man, he's available. Can we get an amen? Amen. He's right here with us. We're in this generosity journey, and for those online, maybe you're joining us for the first time, whoa, what's this all about? Last week I talked pretty extensively about obstacles to generosity. And so we're just going to put them on the board. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go through all these. These are some barriers to people's generosity. But the one I saved for this week, it's, it's out of this story. It's the pain and difficulty that we experience hurt. And so... What I would say is the obstacle we didn't talk to or the barrier that can oftentimes be in the midst of our generosity is it's some kind of financial pain. It's a financial hurt. It's it's a wound that hasn't quite healed yet. So let's just call it a financial wound. It can be, listen up, please, let's just all honesty of church. It can be church-related or non-church-related. Start with the church-related. Some of you may, the first thing you're thinking, whoa, I've been through one of these before. Whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't do what they said they were going to do. That's why I came to this church. Hey, you know what? They didn't do all the things. They, Man, I, or I was there. I didn't participate. For, for whatever reason. It's funny. Years in the same place can lead to much maturity and teaching as you stick it in. Stick it out, and as you learn so much. I mean, I remember remember when we we, we wanted to plant some churches in another country. I won't mention which one. We had this generosity initiative, and I'll never forget. Jody's here in the audience. Four o'clock in the morning. I'm sleeping on her mother's pull-out couch in Toledo, Ohio, yes. And I get a call. We're in the middle of this thing. I get a phone call from the wife of the guy who was gonna start these churches in this foreign country. And she says, I just found out that he has a second family in that country and he's got children from a second family in that country. Obviously we didn't move forward with that initiative. Again, I'm not making excuses for anybody. I'm just saying, man, things change, opportunity, the money didn't come in, whatever. There's, can we just all agree that there's church-related financial wounds? And I'm not immune to them. But there's non-church. You can't believe what I have to pay in alimony. You're asking what? We just went through the divorce and I got this? Hey, you know what, um, the inheritance, my, my sister did this, my brother is doing this. I mean, how many people have went around the track long enough to know that family and money, there's issues? I mean, if it hadn't happened to you yet, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But it's coming, it's coming. I love the first row. It's coming. And, 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 just, and I, I say it with a smile. I mean, I, I've seen families explode over this. this service only. I've seen my own family with relationships that have been broken. Like some of us are man, We got some deep financial wounds. And so as we talk about he went with him, he he wants to go with you. And I I believe, I mean as ridiculous as it sounds, I I dropped the card already. I'm going to hold it up. We're asking you to pray over this. I believe this card is a source of healing for some. God, I'm going to engage. God, I'm going to re-engage. God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. Because he wants to walk with us, man. In all our difficulties, our hurts, and our habits, and our hang-ups. And, man, he wants, he wants to restore healing. He wants to restore help. He wants to restore happiness. He wants to restore hope. Not just to the people around us, right here in us. So we've been saying this phrase, it's like, I'm tired of saying it, are you listening? That God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. And that's the truth. And that primarily it's about engagement and secondarily it's about mission advancement. But I've been doing this long enough to know this, that the primary engagement, like there's some more healing that needs to happen in some of us. And you can either lean in and receive from the Lord, or you can check out. Let's get to the next person. She is my favorite. I don't say that, I'm just telling you, this this is just unbelievable. we believe God exclusively, and this woman, some of you know the story, open back up to your book, I mean, the you know, Jesus is going with this guy and this ruler, and he's got all the garb on, and he's like, you know, he's the priest. I mean, he's the pastor, he's the prophet. It's and a great crowd followed him, it says in verse 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, so she's hemorrhaging. She'd suffered much under many physicians. That means, man, she went to this doctor, went to that doctor, this guy said this, this girl said this. And, and she couldn't find help. She'd spent all that she had. Boy, there's a financial wound. Hmm. It was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up to mind him in the crowd, touched his garments, and she said, even if I touch his garments, I'll be made well. Look at the miraculous in verse 29. Immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, he immediately turned about the crowd and said, hey, who touched my garments? How many people would agree with me, hand raised? Jesus knew who touched him. <laughs> and look at the disciples. You see the crowd pressing around and you see who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and she fell down before him. There we see it again. And told him the whole truth. Man, when Jesus is in the house and you're really seeking him sincerely and you're believing him wholeheartedly, I'm telling you, man, it, it just spills out. And then look what he says. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. And, and so let's, let's take a look at that sentence for a moment. Circle the word daughter. Interestingly, Jesus, it only comes from his lips and is recorded. Please. So I'm sure he said it a lot. He only, it's only recorded four times in the entire New Testament three of the times he's saying it to this girl it's recorded in all three gospels the last time he's saying it plural to a group of people in a little bit of a rebuke so he's saying daughter why is he calling her that because he wants her to know how much she means to him she wants him to know that she wants he wants her to know that she's in a new relationship with him he wants her to know man that that that, that i love you and i care for you And he's with her, man. He's like, girl, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, stop for a moment. Uh, What kind of church background did you come from? Important words. He doesn't say your works have made you well. Hey, going to church and participating in Limitless, that's gonna buy you a seat at the table in heaven. He He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, you're a great person, and you know, I just really, you're just so nice. You're being a good person. I'm going to make you well. No, he said, Your faith. Why? Because it's for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, not as a result of works. It's a gift of God, because, because nobody's going to be boasting in heaven. Just can't get tired of saying that. Your faith has made you well. And then the made well here, it, it, two words in our English language, but one word in the Greek, the original context, or original language. In this context, we can see exactly what it means. It has two emphasis in the New Testament. One, it's always about spiritual healing. That means that go in peace, i.e., you've been forgiven. The second one, it, it, it can be physical healing, along with spiritual healing. These here are tied together. That you're healed of your disease. Jesus is doing both here. He doesn't always do both when that word is used. But remember we said from Mark chapter two, we've been studying Mark together, good stuff? I hope you're reading it. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome read. And, and what, what we learned in Mark chapter two was Jesus said to this guy who was a paralytic, and he looked at the religious leaders, and said, hey, you know what? Is it easier to say he's forgiven or do you want me to heal him? Which one do you think is easier? What do you want me to do? And he said, so that you may know that I can do the spiritual healing, I'm going to heal him physically. So, so Jesus is proving who he is by the healing. Healing, touchy subject, new people come to the church, people online, grateful for each one of you. Let's Talk about some caution flags. Let's talk about some what I often call what it's like, man, these are polarizing opposites. This is what the church has been in regards to healing. And so there are two extremes. Did you see I was searching for it? I couldn't think of the word extreme. Could you say it, please? (laughs) Extremes. Extreme number one God can't heal, God won't heal, God doesn't heal. And that is an extreme. But it's a very common held belief, and pastors I know and follow and love, that, that they believe in cessationism, which means that the gifts have ceased, specifically gifts of healing, other kinds of gifts. Now they, they, you know, this era we're living in, God doesn't do that. Now we obviously don't believe that. We're not going to put God in a box. This is about the limitless God that God can do, whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whoever he wants. Can I get an amen? amen. So no cessation. Lists. Well, you just left the church. If that's who you are, you're like, no. But then the other extreme, this is the one that helped, helped me understand this because what happens is people say, well, God heals everyone. And let me parse that out. God doesn't heal, can't heal, won't heal, God heals everyone. But if he doesn't heal you or you, he healed him. He healed her. It's your own faith. It's your fault. Think how painful that is. I mean, Jesus did not, you know, he didn't operate like that. That came as a result in the 70s, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, then the 80s, 90s, it's still around. Word of faith movement. So if you don't get healed, you're like the second class citizen in the church. And you're just like, it's my own fault, man. I don't have enough faith. Now, just, I don't know, I'm reading the New Testament. I see the Apostle Paul, and I see Paul say, three times I pleaded with the Lord. Three times! And he didn't heal me. Now, who of you are going to walk up to the Apostle Paul when you see him in heaven and say, you know, if you just had a little more faith. (laughs) So we don't want any of the extremes. So let me emphasize, we believe in healing. Man, I've, I've prayed with people at the front of this day. I've been in so many conversations on this subject. Well, do you believe? It? Yeah, yeah, we, I've seen it. But God doesn't heal everyone. And that's the pain. But let me say this, add this to the confusion. Remember I said I was going to parse it. God does heal everyone in the church. God will heal every genuine follower of Christ in the church. Oh. It's just whether it's going to be on this side of eternity or the other side. That's it. So, I mean, we're promised, man. That's why there's no tears, man. We're going to have, it's the glorified body. Can we get a huge amen? (laughs) The glorified body and... I'm just wondering about the glorified body. I'm like, what are we going to do with this piece of metal that's in my hip and holding it together? Does that fall off? Does Jesus laugh? I mean, what, what is happening here? I'm not really sure. You know, do I go back to my 30s where I'm looking really good? I, I don't know. But I know that God uses doctors and, I got, and that God uses medical physicians and all the technology and all the herbs and spices. And he uses it all, man. And so, I don't know, where was I? I love this girl, because if we had what she had, we'd be, man, I'm telling you. So, one sentence worthy of writing down. Faith is always revealed in action. Taught on this plenty of times in our church. Faith is always revealed in action. It's that believing God exclusively that, that we step forward. You know, early on in the journey here, back in uh, January, you know, we, we seeded this limitless thing and we did, these, we did vision nights. We did one here in Naperville, did one online. Some of you guys joined us and, and we, we, we asked people, what's your limitless prayer? And, and so these are, the limitless prayer is the big, bold, bodacious, 3B prayer. Big, bold, bodacious. It's like, man, I don't even want to say this because if it doesn't happen, I don't want you to know what's really going on in my heart. And so these are just a few, no particular order. My limitless prayer is that my sibling would become a believer and that you'd restore my relationship with my mom. My limitless prayer is that the Lord would use us as parents to demonstrate limitless faith to our kids for each of our own children to come into a full, limitless relationship with Jesus. My limitless prayer is for my parents and my brother that they'll be given their green card this year to move to the U.S., that they can be close to me and my wife. My prayer is that God would grow Naperville beyond the walls. My limitless prayer is that God would remove my mom's cancer. My limitless prayer is that our church will be known for reaching and uniting and inviting all kinds of people, multilingual, diversity, widows, orphans, helping those in need. My limitless prayer is that we would experience an awakening of an inflow of Spanish-speaking people at High Point. My limitless prayer is that God would cleanse me of all my strongholds, my fears, my doubts. Show me your limitlessness, Father, I need you. Take away the doubts I have. My limitless prayer is that God would exceed the 19 million and that that, that money would be a confirmation that you are truly limitless God. Make us great stewards of all that you've entrusted to us as we spread your gospel. What's your limitless prayers? I, I know that if you're in a group, we've been talking about that each week or we've been saying for you to do it if you're doing it or not. That what, like, like, like this season, it's not just about, it's about time, talents, treasure, and testimony that we would be used of God, that he would do the impossible, that we would, that we would believe God exclusively as we seek him seerly so that we can trust God implicitly. And so let's get back to the story. Good stuff so far? So the um, the story, it's now we're back to the guy who's the pastor, preacher, priest, and he's with Jesus, and Jesus is, is taking him. We had a little side angle here with this other thing. That's why I love Mark 5. And while he was speaking, there came into the ruler's house some who said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? I mean, are these people have any compassion? She's dead. Just stop bothering Jesus. He's got other things to do, man. He's got better things to do than than mess around here. I mean, it's like zero compassion. And look at the the confrontation. I mean, it's, it's like... But overhearing this, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Hey, dude, don't worry. Do not fear. Only believe. Underline that, we'll come back to that. And he allowed no one to follow except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, not the brother of Jesus. And so Jesus had his inner circle. We each need an inner circle as we're discipling people. You need your Peter, James, and John, you need to pour into people. If you're in a group, if you're a life group leader here, a growth group leader, that small group leader, that who in your group is your Peter, James, and John? These are the people that rise up and they want more, and that's what this is teaching. Jesus did it, we need to do what he did. Just felt like there'd be a little more excitement for doing what Jesus did, but I guess not. (laughs) They came to the house in verse 36, and the ruler was saying, Jesus saw the commotion, people weeping and wailing, And he entered and said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? Hey guys, the child's not dead, but she's just sleeping. And they laughed at him. There's the opposition. But he put them outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was and took her by the hand. He said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. See what I did there? Now that you all have God's word in there, I do that a lot. When I'm like, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, I just skip over it. (laughs) I learned that from some good preachers. Verse 42, and immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And so we see Jesus do the miracle. I asked you to underline one thing. There's so much we could learn from this, but he he said that, um, put that on the screen, that he said, can you underline it so I can see it? Um, Here it is. He said, do not fear, only believe. So this is continuous action, and it's tense it's continuous progressive action. Um, for those, oh, thank you. Um, for those continuous progressive action, that's the verb tense, and so for those of us who are Journey fans, we understand this. Don't stop believing, <laughs> you can get it in <laughs> That will not be happening at the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> Who does, nobody knows who Journey is? Come on, man. I mean, everybody knows Journey. I mean, why don't they still tour? Because they're 80 years old. Um, okay, so I, I got another joke here that I'm, I'm going to, I'm growing in my own maturity that I'm not going to say. <laughs> Write me an email and I'll tell you. Okay. So, so seriously, though, the idea is that we're not going to stop. It's continuous. I'm going to believe God no matter what. I'm going to believe Jesus and in his power no matter what. I'm going to believe God no matter what people say. I'm going to believe God no matter what people think. I'm going to believe God no matter if the wheels are falling off and that person's not with me anymore. I'm going to believe God even though that relationship is, needs to be in a different place. Po- I'm going to believe that God can do the impossible. Th- that's what it means. I'm going to see something that others can't see, and in the midst of it, it's so difficult I'm going to believe that God's going to get me through. I'm going to believe God that he's going to care for me. I'm going to believe God that he's going to use me despite my fears and my anxieties and my depression. I'm going to believe God's going to do this. That, that's what we got to take to our life, man. That, that's the, you know, do not fear. Only believe. Continue to believe. Get past the pressure points. Get past the pain points. It doesn't matter if nobody's behind you. That You're seeking him. So much opposition in our families, to our faith, so much opposition in our culture, to our faith. Hey, you know what? I 'm going to believe God, that, that God's got my best interests at heart. And, and that's what we see happening here. This past Sunday, um, I always love hearing awesome stories, and so let me share one that I just heard. So a um, woman walks in to our care center, and She's got kids and, you know, she needs food. So we don't ask a lot of questions. We give her what she needs. But it's all about a relationship that we're trying to build. So she sits down with the um, care center advisor. And so she's sharing with her, talking, hearing her story. Hey, what, what's going on? And how can we help? And, and then the care center person just says this. The advisor just says, um, hey, can I just pray for you right now? The simplicity and power of genuine Prayer. you know what this girl i don't know who it is I don't, I don't i don't have the names but she just starts praying and you know i mean i mean when the spirit's there she's crying i don't know tears are you know this girl she wakes she goes like this and this girl is in tears and she just i've never been prayed for like that and isn't it interesting that you know if your thing with god is sincere that don't, don't you see other people want that And so let us not shy away from, you know, sharing our hearts. And so next thing you know, I mean, I don't have the whole story, but she becomes a Christian. Because of the sincerity. Yeah, let's praise God. Because of the sincerity of prayer. Now, we serve over 600 families a week in the care centers. God's blown that up. That's why it's part of the initiative. I don't want to get too deep into this, but we've got a few pictures um, here at the Naperville. You know, if God does something big, that we, we want the care center to be front and center. That, that, this, that, that the second floor, um, just go to the next one, please. It's hard to see. Some of them are in your book. That, that when you walk in the second floor, that, that that's going to be where the care center is now. But we want to take over the whole second floor. We want to blow out the whole second floor to front and center it because that's who we are. Hey, it's not a slogan at High Point that High Point cares. There's no slogan just on a truck. It's a battle cry in our hearts. We care. And um, I believe that if we do more of that, that this next generation and that we can win more people to Christ and that God wants to use people like you and me who have genuine compassion because that's what Jesus had and we're not gonna argue about secondary issues and doctrine and, man, can we just start caring for some more people? That, that's limitless. And so we want it to be front and center of who our church is in all of our locations that, that we're adding legal services. I know we've already begun that. We're adding other kinds of services. Like This is the front door to what? To care and share. That's limitless. Lastly, Follow God faithfully so that we can receive help, healing, hope, and happiness. We want to dispense hope, healing, help, and happiness to people. I want you to dispense hope, healing, health, and happiness to the people around you because you may be their only connection to Jesus. You. That's what we see here. But interestingly, look at the last verse. Jesus looks at him, he says, Hey, get something for the girl to eat. I love that because you know what? It's not like, you know, hey, you know, some of these people, you know, like, like Jesus, like, the girl's hungry, man. I mean, I know I just healed her, but like, she needs food. And then what does he say? He says, Keep a lid on it, man. He says, He charged them strictly that no one should know this. So, hey, keep this under wraps. I, I don't want this getting out what just happened. Now, how successful was that? So the Christian life is about obedience. We can laugh on this one because it's a long walk, a long direction of obedience, that's the Christian life, a long walk in the same direction that Eugene Peterson said. And so they didn't obey, they couldn't hold it in. And I know for me, sometimes I can't obey and I wish it was only about the times where God did something Awesome, and it was about my witness that I didn't tell people, but our disobedience is usually we witness God doing something incredible and then we don't tell people about it. That wasn't really what the reason he did it here. It's like, hey, I can't get the word out about me because I'm going to get, I'm, they're, they're looking to kill me, guys. Do you understand that, please? He's like, my time's not done. I got more stuff to do. I want to help more hurting people. I want to give more people hope. I wanna provide more happiness, spiritually speaking, because people can be forgiven for their sin and they can spend eternity with me. That's the picture. That's the Christian life, that we would follow faithfully and it's measured by our obedience to him. So I wanna introduce you to a couple via a video. And as we seek God sincerely and believe God exclusively and trust God implicitly and follow God faithfully. This is a story of some people who are doing that as they're going in their generosity with their time and their talents and their treasure and their testimony. And so as you listen to their story, which is awesome, they got involved in one of our latest church plans. Ask yourself yourself. What's God asking me to do so that I can seek him sincerely and believe him exclusively and trust him implicitly and follow him faithfully? Take a look at the screen.
3: I'm Craig, and um, this is my wife, Charlotte. And uh, we have two kids, uh, Rachel, she's 26, and Jonathan, he's uh, 22. And we've been coming to Hive Point for three or four years now?
1: Mm -hmm. We wanted to get involved with launching Hinsdale because we've been looking for a church in this area for a long time.
3: We kind of haven't really been plugged in with a church for quite some time and uh, this really gave us the opportunity to do that.
1: Uh, I'm involved with um, the women's ministry. It meets at my home on Wednesday nights and I'm also involved sometimes with the host team.
3: I'm involved in the, uh, the setup for for church, which kind of fits in with this whole limitless faith, in in that, I mean, you have to step into something, you know, if if you really want to grow your faith, you know, beyond whatever borders or confinement that you've created uh, in your in your life,
1: and also, I know, just particularly the need for, I would say outreach in this community. There's a big need and um, so that's just two of my passions hospitality, getting women into God's Word, creating community I, this limitless notion of what can happen here in Hinsdale I want to be a part of that.
3: In terms of generosity and living a life of generosity the, there's, we've certainly gone through some struggles I mean, for us, you know, so it was just learning to trust God. There came this opportunity where, you know, for me to start a business.
1: Even though we were struggling financially as a young married couple because I was a teacher and had a baby right away, um, we decided that I would stay home instead of continue to work.
3: There came some times during that where we weren't sure that this was going to work. We were down to our last dollars. and. Uh, you know, we spoke to people at church, so we used the church body. You know, and they prayed, and some sales came. You know, and we kept
1: One. Them.
3: Two. Well, we got two.
1: Two? That, two sales, that final, yeah. That, that know, last okay. moment. So financially, we were struggling, but also learning the importance of being faithful to the Lord, giving back to Him first, putting Him first. Your money is not your money. It's God's money. Um, by continuing to just trust that in God's Word, Um, He was able to build that faith in us that He is faithful. We felt that a lot. We felt that God was um, with us.
3: Limitless, uh, you know, is certainly something that is, uh, I mean, for me personally, has challenged me once again to think about generosity. You know, God is limitless. Uh, You know, He has no bounds. He's infinite.
1: We don't want money to be ever something that we're holding on to as something that's truly valuable. The only thing that lasts is anything that's built for the kingdom.
3: So we just want to see the kingdom advance. And uh, we want to see pastors growing and learning and teaching the word. Bringing in Pastor Al Al Blake from uh, St. Vincent's, you know, it was great to hear that story and to see how High Point is impacting, you know, other locations like that, and and seeing Pastor Ron go to you know other countries and train up other other pastors, uh, you know that too gives us confidence. Then you know that what we give is really going toward advancing the gospel mm-hmm. around the world, mm-hmm. not just here, but around the world.
1: Mm-hmm. If our giving helped achieve people coming to the Lord or the advancement of the kingdom, then it's priceless.
3: Just trust Him. You know, it's really just all Mm -hmm. about trusting Him, you know. He's God. He owns everything. It's all His. Your life is His. Why wouldn't
2: you want to trust Him?